0: Ladies and gentlemen, quiz enthusiasts and knowledge seekers, welcome to the 14th edition of the 20 Questions Quiz Podcast. We're thrilled to have you back as we continue our odyssey through the captivating world of knowledge and curiosity. In every episode of the 20 Questions we embark on an intellectual adventure delving into a fascinating array of topics spanning history, science, culture, geography and so much more. Our mission remains unwavering To ignite your curiosity, stimulate your intellect and provide an engaging learning experience for listeners of all backgrounds, whether you're a seasoned expert or a curious explorer. But before we dive into today's quiz, we have a very special announcement to make. As the holiday season approaches only a few weeks away, we're preparing for an extraordinary Christmas episode filled with challenging questions and some festive cheer. And here's where you, our fantastic listeners, come into play. We're inviting you to become a part of our holiday celebrations by contributing your own trivia questions in our December Christmas specials. Do you have a question that's been confounding your friends and family, one that you believe can stump the world? Send it our way and you might hear your question featured on the show. Let your classic stumpers and brain teasers shine on a global stage this Christmas in our people's 20 questions. Contacting us is as easy as pie. You can reach out via email, 20questionsquiz at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter at 20questionsquiz. We're eagerly awaiting and looking forward to your contributions and we'll be excited to hear from you wherever you may be in the world. To the quiz today. For those of you joining for the first time, here is how the game unfolds. You'll face a series of 20 thought-provoking questions, each building upon the last, gradually raising the challenge level. We'll read the question twice, ensuring you have a fair shot at grasping its essence before the timer starts to tick. But remember, you've got just 10 seconds to provide the correct answer. One incorrect response and the game is over. The goal is to push the boundaries of your knowledge to see how far you can go without a single misstep. So ready your intellect, fuel your imagination, and brace yourselves for another exhilarating quest for knowledge. How far will you go? And can you conquer all 20 questions? Let's find out. Best of luck on your journey to defeat 20 questions. We start very easy, as we always do, so settle back, settle in, let me begin. Starting very easy, getting harder as we go along. Questions to come on literature, geography, words, food, events, science, politics, mythology, and finally the animal kingdom will round off this edition of 20 questions. So how far will you go on this episode? We start with days of the year how many days are there in october the first question how many days are there in october
1: five four three two one
0: there are 31 days in the month of october 31 the right answer moving on to the second question of 20 How many fish represents the zodiac sign Pisces? How many fish represent the zodiac sign Pisces?
1: Five, four, three, two, one.
0: The zodiac sign Pisces is represented by two fish swimming in opposite directions. It is often depicted as two fish tied together by their tails. This sign is associated with those born between approximately February 19th and March 20th in the Western astrology system. Your third question is this: Who or what would be looked after in a crash? Who or what would be looked after in a crash?
1: Five, four, three, two, one.
0: In a creche, typically children are looked after or cared for, or they're also known as the young adults of my local, to be fair. That's also known as a creche. A creche is a facility or place where infants and young children are supervised and provided with care, especially when their parents or guardians are not available to attend to them. Creches are commonly found in daycare centres, nurseries and childcare facilities. Question 4. The Bering Strait divides Russia with which U.S. state? The Bering Strait divides Russia with which U.S. state? 5, 4, 3,
1: 2, 1.
0: The Bering Strait divides Russia from the U.S. state of Alaska. It is a narrow strait that separates the easternmost part of Russia from the westernmost part of Alaska. The two land masses are relatively close at this point, with the Diomede Islands located in the middle of the strait. Russia's Chokotka Autonomous Okrug and Alaska's Seaward Peninsula are the regions closest to the Bering Strait. Your fifth question is on music. Complete the title of the famous Johnny Cash song. A Boy Named What? Complete the title of the famous Johnny Cash song. A Boy Named What? Five, four, three, two, one. The famous Johnny Cash song is titled A Boy Named Sue. Sue is the right answer. Question six is this. food what is the main ingredient of the indian dish dal what is the main ingredient of the indian dish dal five four
1: three two one
0: the main ingredient of the indian dish dal is lentils Dal is a versatile and popular dish in Indian cuisine that is made from various types of lentils, such as red lentils, yellow lentils, or split peas. These lentils are typically cooked in spices, herbs, and sometimes vegetables to create a flavorful and nutritious stew like dish. Dal is often served with rice or flat breads like chapati or naan. We're a third of the way through this edition of 20 questions going from one side of the world to another which country holds a festival each year where people throw tomatoes at each other which country holds a festival each year where people throw tomatoes at each other
1: Five, four,
0: three, two, one. This is a festival I've always wanted to attend. The country that holds a festival each year where people throw tomatoes at each other is in Spain. The festival is known as La Tamantina and it takes place in the town of Bunol in the Valencia region of Spain. La Tamantina is a fun and famous tomato throwing festival that attracts participants from all over the world. During the event, Participants engage in a massive tomato fight, throwing ripe tomatoes at each other in the streets of Búnón. It's a unique and colourful celebration that occurs on the last Wednesday in August of each year. Spain is the right answer. To question eight. Literature. How many books are there in the Harry Potter series? How many books are there in the Harry Potter series?
1: Five, four,
0: three, two, one. Now, did some of you fall into the trap and count the films? There are eight films, but there are seven books in the Harry Potter series written by J.K. Rowling. The series follows the adventures of the young wizard Harry Potter as he attends Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry and battles the dark wizard Lord Voldemort. There are eight films based on the seven books. The last two films were split in two on the last book. Part of series. To question nine Which open source website did Jimmy Wales launch in 2001? Which open source website did Jimmy Wales launch in 2001? Five,
1: four, three, two,
0: one. Jimmy Wales launched the open source website Wikipedia in January 2001. Wikipedia is a collaborative online cyclopedia where users from around the world can create, edit and maintain articles on a wide range of topics. It has become one of the largest and most popular reference sources on the internet, providing free and accessible information to people worldwide. Halfway point, question 10. To science, what is frozen to make dry ice? What is frozen to make dry ice? Five, four,
1: three, two, one.
0: Dry ice is made from carbon dioxide, gas that is frozen. To create dry ice, carbon dioxide gas is pressurised and then rapidly cooled, causing it to condense into a solid state without passing through a liquid phase. Ten down, ten to go on this edition of 20 questions. Question 11 to flags of the world. Which European country has a square national flag? Which European country has a square national flag?
1: Five, four, three,
0: two, one. The European country with a square national flag is Switzerland. Switzerland's national flag consists of a white cross on a red background and it is one of the few square-shaped flags in the world. The white cross is a symbol of the country's history and heritage. The Swiss flag has a simple and distinctive design and is easily recognisable. Nine to go. Nine questions remain on this edition of 20 questions. Up in the ante now to British politics. Which UK Conservative politician was accused of telling the unemployed to get on their bikes and look for work in 1981? Which UK Conservative politician was accused of telling the unemployed to get on their bikes and look for work in
1: 1981.
0: The UK conservative politician who was accused of telling the unemployed to get on their bikes and look for work in 1981 was Norman Tebbit. Norman Tebbit, a prominent figure in Margaret Thatcher's government, made this statement as a way of encouraging unemployed individuals to be proactive in seeking employment. His comment was seen as emblematic of the government's stance on individual responsibility and self-reliance during a period of economic challenges in the UK in the early 1980s. Eight questions remain. Question 13 is connections. What connects Giuseppe Sangara, Lynette Froome, and John Hinckley, Jr. What connects Giuseppe Sangara, Lynette Froome, and John Hinckley, Jr.? Five, four, three,
1: two, one.
0: Giuseppe Sangara, Lynette Froome, and John Hinckley, Jr. Each of these individuals was involved in a separate assassination attempt on US Presidents and their cases all had various legal outcomes. Giuseppe Sangara attempted to assassinate then President-elect Franklin D. Roosevelt in February 1933 in Miami, Florida, however his shots missed Roosevelt due to a wobbly chair and he later died in the electric chair for his crime. Lynette Squeaky Froom attempted to assassinate Gerald Ford in September 1975 in Sacramento, California. She approached President Ford with a gun but was subdued by Secret Service agents before she could fire. She was later convicted and sentenced to prison. And John Hinckley Jr. attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan on March 30, 1981 in Washington, D.C. He wounded President Reagan and several others in the assassination attempt. Hinckley was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was confined to a mental institution. The connection failed assassination attempts on US presidents. Question 14. In Greek mythology, who solved the riddle of the Sphinx? In Greek Mythology, who solved the riddle of the Sphinx? Five, four, three,
1: two, one.
0: If you're new to 20 questions, get used to questions on Greek Myth because these are bread and butter for quizzes. If you want to become a better quizzer, you got to know your Greek Mythology. In Greek Myth, the hero who solved the riddle of the Sphinx was Oedipus. The Sphinx was a mythical creature with the body of a lion, the wings of a bird, and the head of a human. It was said to guard the entrance to the city of Thebes and posed a riddle to anyone who approached. The riddle asked, what creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed and two-footed and three-footed? Oedipus correctly answered that the creature was a human who crawls on all fours as a baby, walks on two legs as an adult, Uses a cane in old age. By solving the riddle, Oedipus defeated the Sphinx, and the city of Thebes was freed from its torment. Six to go. Writer Eric Blair considered calling himself P.S. Burton, H. Lewis Always, and Ken Miles before settling on which pseudonym, making him one of the most famous writers in history. Writer Eric Blair considered calling himself P.S. Burton, H. Lewis Always, and Ken Miles before settling on which pseudonym, making him one of the most famous writers in history. Five,
1: four, Three,
0: two, one. The writer Eric Blair considered several pseudonyms before settling on the one that would make him one of the most famous writers of all time. He ultimately chose the pseudonym George Orwell. Eric Blair is best known for his works such as Animal Farm and 1984, both of which have had a profound impact on literature and political thought. Under the pen name George Orwell, he became one of the most influential and celebrated writers of the 20th century. Known for his powerful critiques of totalitarianism and his advocacy for freedom and social justice. Question 16. Final five time. Five difficult questions. remain on this edition of 20 questions questions to come on geography history the animal kingdom phobias and this particular devilish question that was told to me by a friend this is the type of question I'm looking for if you want to enter a question for our Christmas show question 16 or 20 is this what are the Indian Pacific the Ghan the spirit of the outback And the Sunlander. What are the Indian Pacific, the Garn, the Spirit of the Outback, and the Sunlander? Five,
1: four, three, two, one.
0: in three corners of the world not many people will get this right but in one corner of the world everyone will know it. That will be in Australia. The Indian Pacific, the Ghan, the Spirit of the Outback and the Sunlander are all names of famous passenger train services in Australia. I'll go through each one in turn. The Indian Pacific is one of Australia's most iconic transcontinental train journeys. It runs from Sydney on the East Coast to Perth on the west coast, crossing the entire continent. The journey covers vast landscapes and provides passengers with breathtaking views of the Australian outback. The Garn is another renowned service in Australia and this one goes through the heart of Australia from Adelaide in the south to Darwin in the north. The route takes passengers through the red deserts and remote regions of central Australia. The Spirit of the Outback is a train service that operates in Queensland, Australia and runs from Brisbane to Longreach, offering passengers the opportunity to experience the Australian Outback and its rich history. And the Sunlander is a long distance passenger train service in Queensland, running from Brisbane to Cairns. However, the Sunlander was retired from service in 2014 and the Spirit of Queensland now operates on a similar route. These train services are known for providing passengers with unique and scenic journeys through some of Australia's most stunning and remote landscapes. Question 17, four to go. Now, think about this one. Excluding islands, which European country do you hit first, if you travel directly due north from Dakar, the capital of Senegal, on the westernmost tip of Africa. Excluding islands, which European country do you hit first if you travel directly due north from Dakar, the capital of Senegal, on the westernmost tip of Africa?
1: Five,
0: four, three, two, one. I guarantee you, when I tell you the answer here, everybody's going to stop this podcast and go on Google Maps to check if I'm right. And I couldn't believe it when I saw it myself. The correct answer is Iceland. Iceland is the right answer. It misses Portugal completely. It misses the Republic of Ireland completely. And it goes directly to North. From Dakar, you hit Iceland. Of course, you go through the Canary Islands, which belong to Spain, but I said excluding islands. Which European country do you hit first? The answer is Iceland. Three to go. Question 18. Where did Commodore Perry's ships land uninvited in July 1853? Where did... Commodore Perry's ships land uninvited in July, 1853.
1: Five, four, three, two, one. In
0: July, 1853, Commodore Matthew Perry's ships, representing the United States, landed uninvited at Uraga, which is located in Udo Bay, now Tokyo Bay, Japan. This event, known as Perry's Expedition or Perry's Opening of Japan, marked the beginning of diplomatic and commercial relations between the United States and Japan after Japan's period of isolation. Perry's arrival eventually led to the signing of the Treaty of Kanagawa in 1854, which allowed the opening of Japanese ports to American ships and marked a significant moment in Japan's history of engagement with the outside world. Two left. The penultimate question on this edition of 20 Questions deals with phobias. Epistemophobia is a fear of what? EPI. S-T-E-M-O. Phobia is a fear of what? Five, four,
1: three, two,
0: one. I very much doubt we have many epistemophobics listening to this podcast. That's a big clue to what the answer might be. Epistemophobia is a fear of knowledge or the fear of of knowing. It is a psychological condition by an irrational or persistent fear of learning, knowing or understanding new information. People with epistemophobia may experience anxiety, distress or avoidance behaviors when confronted with the opportunity to acquire new knowledge or when faced with situations that challenge their existing beliefs or understanding of the world. This phobia can manifest in various ways and can impact an individual's ability to learn or adapt to new information as well, many a politician of the last 10 years whom i feel might be epistemophobic as epistemophobia is a fear of knowledge the final question on this edition of 20 questions deals with the animal kingdom to defeat 20 questions if you've got the previous 19 right and i tell you what it's been a tough set this one Question 20 of 20 is this, a gam, G-A-M, a gam is a collection of which creatures? A gam is a collection of which creatures? Five,
1: four, three, two,
0: one. Have you got it? Have you got all 20 right? This is the answer you need to confirm it if you've got the previous 19 right. To defeat 20 questions, I asked you, a gam is a collection of which type of creatures? A gam is a collective term used to refer to a group of whales. It is specifically used for a group of whales that are of the same species and are often seen swimming or feeding together whales are highly social creatures and they can form these groups for various purposes including feeding socializing and migrating the term gam is most commonly associated with whalers and seafarers and is not as widely used in modern scientific or conversation contexts where more specific terms are often employed to describe groups of whales based on their behavior or species a gam is a collective term for the group of whales. And there you have it. That concludes this edition of 20 Questions. How did you do this time? Did you do better than last time? They were tough this week, weren't they? They were really tough. Let me know how you got on on Twitter. Love to hear from you. At 20 Questions Quiz. Drop me an email. 20QuestionsQuiz at gmail.com. I may give you a shout-out in a later episode. And send me a question that you feel can stump the world. The People's 20 Questions coming up later this year at Christmas. Send me a question that you feel that can stump the world, especially when they only got 10 seconds to think about it. Love to hear from you, wherever you may be in the world. 20questionsquiz at gmail.com. The 20 Questions Quiz podcast continues every Thursday. I do hope you can join me wherever you may be in the world. Until next time. From me, Johnny Bryan, thank you so much for your company. I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye for now.